good morning it's Kate from Zen Stitching and I'm popping in again to have um, another chat with uh, one of our Making Zen artists Emma Freeman and uh, let's see if I can send her an invitation so that she can join in the conversation Be joining us in a very in the very near future it's wonderful to see so many people joining in i hope you're starting to get super excited about uh, making zen that's happening next week and here she is hello hi how are you i'm really good it's nice to see you <laughs> you too i'm just um turning you up so i can hear you as well as seeing you we're there matching you in our blues today <laughs> <laughs> It's so wonderful. And I'm so pleased that you're back for Making Zen because you've joined us in the past and um, shared with us a, a beautiful stitch meditation book on our last uh, time together. And you're continuing that concept or theory again uh, for this workshop as well. Would you like to tell us a little bit about what you're going to be sharing with everybody? Sure. Yeah, I'm really happy to be back. It's wonderful. Um, so I'm going to be guiding people through how to make uh, what I call a healing meditation cloth or a contemplation cloth. I use both names. Um, and it's really an opportunity to settle into that stillness and slowness and stitch without a... Um, it's not about completing like a set project or design. It's really just using the running stitch or one stitch at a time mm -hmm. on a piece of cloth to turn inward and notice, start to notice what bubbles up. What I find is when I do this practice, so many things rise to the surface for me to reflect on. Thoughts and emotions. I find that insights come and I'm piecing things together. So suddenly there's this whole experience happening inside of me. But it seems like with the stitching, that's a key part of it. There's something about the meditative rhythm of it without mm -hmm. my mind focusing on completing a project um, that opens up this space. So that's what I'm going to be guiding people through. And I hope. Um, people enjoy it and find it interesting. I'm so curious. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm sure they will because I know everybody that has participated in previous things of yours that I'm aware of absolutely love. They love the, the gentleness of what you're offering, the ability to sit down and slow down and be aware of those thoughts and feelings that sometimes, you know, when we're busy doing things on a daily basis, we are either not aware of them or focused on other things that we don't get a chance to acknowledge what's going on inside. So um, I think everybody's going to have an absolute ball. <laughs> and one of the things, do you happen to have one of your examples with you there, Emma? Would yeah. we be able to see? Because I know that that really helps um inform what we're talking about today. yeah so i have the um i have two of them well i so this is the really large one that i made um and i'll hold it close so you can oh, see lovely. yeah um, so it's blanket size so it's well very large <laughs> it's going and going and going and um you know with these cloths i when i started making them one i didn't know what they were 
I just had this intuitive nudge to start stitching on this big piece of um, antique Japanese mosquito netting. And so I just started and then I kept going and I kept going and going and going. Um, so that's, and I, I found there was some reason why I needed the bigger space. Cause up until then I was working on those meditation books, which were pretty small. Um, and this was the first time I did anything this large. And I think I was just guided to need that, um, really that breathing room. So it wasn't over really quickly. So the things mm -hmm. inside of me, I could get in touch with them. But I did want to share too with people, please don't feel like you have to start this big because <laughs> that can feel intimidating. I mean, really, you can work with any size piece of fabric that you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's really beautiful about it is you can start small and because it's the, the stitching process, there's no reason why you can't add another piece of fabric onto that and keep stitching and then add another piece as well. So it's yes. something that grows with you um, when you have that need or desire or wish to stitch. Yes. Just the, yeah, just, just um, I really like what you're, you're saying there where you felt like you needed more space pretty much on your cloth to kind of just sit and allow the, the mental space to kind of like do it, what it needed to do as well through your fingers yeah exactly yeah because yeah. I, I found before that for so long i didn't realize this until i started to do this process that i you know i was so um turning things out very quickly and very attached to the excitement of completing something and that does feel really good but i found that i was in more of a like um a quick turnaround pace and when i entered this process it really was an entirely different experience and it was mirroring the changes that were happening inside of me too mm. which is what is so amazing to me about art in general if we can start to notice and pay attention to maybe what we're creating and how that might be connecting to something inside then it's it has the potential to be healing and transformative and go well beyond just making a physical thing that's lovely mm. but it can go to a deeper place and that's that's what i really love yeah. Yes, absolutely. And also as well, you have the, a beautiful object at the end as well that's very physical and very tactile. And, you know, you can, it looks like you might be using yours as a blanket yeah. right now. Would I? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so lovely. So, and, it, and then it adds an extra layer of warmth and comfort as well. So it's, it's really um, quite, quite delightful and, and something that just keeps giving back to you and um you know physically and also on a mental and spiritual level too yes exactly and i love that it um you know when i look at this now i know because i went through the experience of stitching that it holds the energy of all of these what thousands of moments breaths that i stitched but i don't remember exactly what was moving so there's a mystery mm -hmm. there too it's like this secretive piece of material that holds all of these parts of me but they're they're hidden like you, no one would know what's there and i there's something about that that just really appeals to me that feels kind of i don't know mysterious and beautiful yeah 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 it's um interesting it's it's kind of like connecting on a, a deeper level that you can't quite understand 
from a maybe a, a logical perspective, but you can connect with on a, a deeper emotional connective level. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Intuitive level. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, a question coming in from Queen Magpie, and she's asking if you use a loop, a hoop, when you work on larger oh, pieces of fabric. Good question. Um, I don't. I really like the softness of working without a hoop. I tried working with a hoop at one point, and it felt way too restrictive for me. Um, so what I do is I'll stitch, you know, if I was stitching on this, I'll put my hand underneath it and have the needle working on, you know, maybe one little section and then I just move it. And then what I really like about working with a larger fabric is it's draping over mm -hmm. me while I'm working. So it's comforting and soothing at the same time, but it's all about for me that softness um, and that comes in with not having the hoop, but you certainly could try it. There's really no rules to it at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think probably what works best for you really and, and yeah way of way of working and, and all that kind of stuff yeah um there's one more thought actually about that i find with a hoop it's a little more for me about, about trying to get things perfect and get things really lined up and this for me is really about embracing those really subtle imperfections but how the stitches then end up you know with these rhythms and patterns mm -hmm. that are irregular and for me look like poetry or, or something really there that's does. um just a little more irregular and alive so yeah yeah it is it's it's very tactile i want to touch it <laughs> and feel it and hold it in my hands <laughs> i know i wish i could pass it through to you <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice i could wrap myself in it right now too <laughs> and it's what i find really nice about what you're working with at the moment is um the tactility of it like like what you're saying there is a real sense of wanting to engage with the, the physical materials. And I noticed that a lot of what you're working with at the moment, um, you're choosing fabrics that you have a connection to. So for example, the antique um, mosquito cloth, which out of curiosity, is that folded over or is that one thickness that you're working with there? This one? Mm. Um, so this is mud cloth from um, Molly and this is one thickness. Mm. So it's really, mm. I can see the mm. back too. So it's a pretty mm. thick cloth. The mosquito netting is much thinner and you can see mm. through it. It's got transparency. It's much more delicate. Um, so I've done both and it's a different experience, you know, holding each one. And I like, I don't even try to, I just find that my mind starts to wonder about the stories that are held in the cloth, who made them and what went into them and what the natural, what the world was like when it was made and what, where the cloth spent its time. And yeah. I don't know, I just find it like all this starts to open up about the cloth too, in addition to what's going on inside of me in this magical way. Yeah. Yep. And um, cause that makes me wonder, do you find your materials so for example these special cloths or do they find a way of or have a way of finding you mm, i love that question um i've uh, uh, maybe it's kind of both because i feel like i I am following these breadcrumbs all the, all the time in general in my life where there's one little hint of something over here and then 
there's something over here. So it may be that someone mentions a type of fabric, let's say mud cloth. And I, before I knew what that was, I start going on this internet search. And then I'm looking at images and I find this link. And then I find this place that sells the mud cloth. And then mm -hmm. I find it and it, I really connect to it. Um, so I do feel like there's kind of a mix there where it's not like I have this preconceived idea of like, okay, I want to create this thing with this kind of fabric. Mm -hmm. It's more like I, I notice something, I feel a connection, and then I, I get it and feel it and touch it and start to work with it. And then it feels like, oh yeah, this is really resonating. Yeah. And then on the other side too, I've worked with material that I've thought like, oh, I might like this. And then for whatever reason, the energy just isn't there when I'm working with yeah. it. Like I try to, it's like fighting with it or something. So, yeah, yeah. so I can see that. I, that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of something that you're intuitively responding to. And I imagine because a lot of the fabrics that you're working with have a previous history, that in itself is quite um, engaging as well because they're not pristine fabrics that you buy on a roll in a store, but they might have slight imperfections or slight changes in the colours if they dyed naturally and all that kind of thing too, which also mean that, I don't know, they've got more personality, which is in some senses maybe easier to respond to. Yes, there's more there. It's like starting a, or having a conversation with someone or some that has this like rich depth already so there's so much to connect mm -hmm. to versus something like for me when I've worked with um, new fabrics off the you know like from a fabric store it doesn't have the same life it's um, you know there and I it that's been an evolution because I used to work with newer fabrics to make yeah. various things and um, yeah there's just a life to them that and I I like that it feeling into the human aspects of and the nature as all of that that's going on in the cloth that I don't know it's all intuitive and about emotions and sensing um, but it makes it become for me then so much more than just a piece of fabric even if I can't articulate that there's much more connection and intimacy there for me in the experience of working with it and then also mm -hmm. when it's complete and it um, lives as a blanket or whatever it is so it's got those layers yeah yeah I can um, I whilst you were describing that process it made me think of how I like to re react to work as well mm -hmm. in the sense that working with pristine cloth is a bit like looking at a blank page in a sketchbook or a blank canvas it's like overwhelming almost don't know where to start whereas if you if I come across um, you know a page that's already got a mark on it or some fabric that's already got a mark on it there's an invitation to respond to it immediately as opposed to feeling like oh where does this go so to speak but on the other hand, it also means like with fabric new from a shop, I have no problem going and cutting up. But if I get a piece of special fabric that's got a history, I'm so reluctant to cut it up because I don't want to, um, I don't know, I don't want to detract from its history. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. 
I totally relate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which does make it for me. I, I like when that happens because it makes me be more thoughtful and slow mm. and intentional mm. with, mm. with newer fabrics. I thought I was so quick to be like, Oh, I'm going to cut this. Oh, I'm going to do this. And that's not bad, but I just noticed that it changed the whole process and really sitting like, do I want to cut this? Like if I cut this, it's, it, it has these consequences yes. and yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it, then it also makes me wonder um, if that's what so, so looking at um, some of your previous work, that's what inspired you to bury your cloths and your books so that they had um, extra layers of meaning to them. Mm. Yeah, I think, well, the reason I started burying, so I started with the fabric meditation books that I make, and then I did bury, I buried a couple of these cloths. Um, and it came as an intuitive question, nudge idea one day when I was sitting here, just like, I just heard bury it. And I was like, bury it, what? And, and then um, kind of a fun story. Then a week later, I was in this bookstore looking at the Eastern religion section and opened the um, Tibetan book of the dead to this happened to flip to this page that talked about this term called terma, which is uh, earth terma in particular, which is the idea that these spiritual treasures are buried in the earth left for future people to discover and find. Mm -hmm. And the, when I read that I had goosebumps all over my body and I felt like, whoa, there's a connection here. And I came home and I, I took one of my books and I found a spot and just dug a hole in my yard and buried it. And right away I had this sense, like leave it there for a while. So I left it for 30 days and dug it back up. But the whole thing was intuitive. I didn't know why I was doing it. I just felt this desire, this mm -hmm. need to. And then over time, I started to realize that it was mirroring what I was doing inside of myself. I was unearthing and digging through so much inside of me in these really difficult, vulnerable, tender ways. And, and then what I was bringing to the surface were these new things with all of this depth and all texture and all of this. And I started mm -hmm. to really feel this connection to other forces too. Like, oh, I'm not just the creator of these things. I'm creating with count, we all are countless mm -hmm other forces and energies and um so that's a little bit of why and how i started burying yeah yeah and it's also um co-creating with nature which i think is also a very beautiful way because it um takes away maybe the what would you say the need for control over the outcome and i think that's incredibly exciting because it when you're burying it and you're leaving it there, it goes into the mystery, so to speak, because you're not too sure what's going to happen after the period of time that you leave it in there and then unearth it again. Exactly. And I find yeah. that it's so rich in so many ways, because for me, what has happened sometimes is this realization that I have this attachment to it staying the way it was or disappointment when I dig it up and it didn't change, at least on the, mm. like what I can see as dramatically as maybe I wanted. And so those moments for me are opportunities to reflect on that attachment and, um, and that 
desire for control and also what I perceive as change and transformation. Why does it need to be dramatic? Maybe there's things happening on a much more subtle level than I can even see. And so for me, it's all those moments to reflect and ponder and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I could see myself wanting to rub things on the fabric that worms would find really delicious, you know, so that you know that, <laughs> you know that they're going to be little chew marks and all that kind of stuff. Which, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Might be speeding up the process somewhat, but <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, get the worms, put the worms to work. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I love when like there I'll get little bite marks or even like a root will sometimes grow through a page or something and it, it's just fascinating and and then I feel drawn like I've washed them in puddles once they come out of the ground or down I live near a lake so I've taken the books or the fabric down to the lake to wash them and again just intuitively guided but I think that that's all about connecting more deeply to nature and the healing yeah. energies of yeah. nature Yes, yes, it's um, something we we, are, we take for granted or aren't even aware of, except for when we immerse ourselves in those environments and then suddenly we're like, oh yes, I'm surrounded by trees and there's running water. That's why I'm feeling so good right now. Yeah, mm. yeah. and we're breathing with the trees. Like they're, mm. we're literally breathing what they're exhaling and we're breathing out what they inhale. It's so beautiful to connect to that. Like we are actually so connected mm. to nature. But for me anyways, it's been this process, continual process of waking up to that yes. and realizing, oh, right, right. We have water in our bodies constantly flowing. Like we are these elements it's not outside of us. And that's been, continues to be a really beautiful awakening and journey to explore. And then have mm -hmm. art and poetry to try to capture a little bit of that or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Because it, it is so poetic. And so to be able to capture that in some way, shape or form, whether it is through the poetry or the creation, and even just coming to the awareness of it I mean that in itself is quite a, a beautiful awakening as well to be mindful of our environment um, as much as what's in our fingers as well mm -hmm. when we're creating exactly yeah. yeah yeah and going back to um, the materials that you like to work with um, for people who may not be familiar with mud cloth, would you like to share with us a, a little about what it is and why you're attracted to it? Mm. Well, I love it. So I'll show you. So this one is untreated mud cloth. I'll show you. This actually has the mud um, on it. So yeah. That, that rich color. That's a delightful so color. Um, so what I know about it, I'm by no means an expert, but what I've learned is that it's a very ancient practice done in Mali and it's all hand done. So from, um, so it's made from cotton. So the cotton is hand spun and then um, woven into strips. You can see that line break there. So it's woven into strips and then stitched together into bigger pieces and then um, dyed with mud is put on it from a river and then it's left to ferment in the sun and it takes a really long time for it to 
um, to reach this color or there's also black there's different colors and then often there's you'll see patterns so there's patterns that mean different things in their culture and they're very sacred cloths have a lot of um, beautiful deep meanings for different people and have been used in different ceremonies and um, and I I'm just so drawn to all of that that it's feels so meaningful and from every step, the way that it's created and the way that people are so connected to this material that then they wear or have around them. And um, I, I had never had a relationship with cloth in that way. And so I was really drawn to learning about that and wondering what would it be like to have, to be, to grow up and just have that kind of relationship to the earth and to material and not have it like in what I grew up with and live in is this like constant consumerism like there's always more 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 and it's fast um and so that those are the things that I was really drawn to and then in addition to just the color and the texture it's just so gorgeous and rich and there's subtleties in the tones you can see yeah and um, oh, yeah. I love that it holds all the elements, you know, it has the mud, it has the water, it has the sun, it has people's hands. So. Yeah, 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 it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And the way you're describing it reminds me of a description of, uh, is it called bark cloth? which is created by the Papua New Guineans and um, similar process, but different in the sense that it is made from the fibers of a tree. And there's a whole process of um, growing the fiber and collecting the fiber. And then there's a whole lot of beating that goes along to make the fiber, which sounds when you call it bark cloth, really rough and uncomfortable. Now I'm, this is all hearsay because I haven't actually felt it for myself but just from reading the descriptions it's quite light and comfortable and easy to wear but it has um, a whole lot of um, cultural relevance and importance um, particularly these days because they do it to keep their traditions alive even though they're aware that um, you know there's um, it may not be sustainable from an economic point of view from a Western style point of view, but they keep it alive. And then they also, through doing it, it brings awareness that their forests in Papua New Guinea are very important too, because they get, they harvest the bark from these trees. Um, and so it just made me think of that kind of connection to nature and creation. And because so much energy goes into creating it how special and important it becomes in daily life and it is it's 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 so beautiful because it really makes us look at cloth that we have in our lives like you say we kind of don't really consider it it's just something we wear and it gives it a lot more meaning and, and we can appreciate it I think on a deeper level as well absolutely yes yeah. Yeah, I, just thinking about it, I think if we had to grow our linen and then harvest it and then spin it and weave it, we'd probably appreciate cloth in a whole whole different way. Really, I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, for people who follow along to your workshop, Emma, and wish to have a play with mud cloth themselves, is there a place that you liked, would like to recommend or... Uh, can suggest some starting off points for people who might wish to explore this a little further? 
Yeah, so there's a great shop, um, and I have the link on my website too, but I think it's called African Fabric Shop, and it's in the UK, and uh, a fellow artist friend of mine told me about them, and um, they the owners have a really good sustainable relationship with artists in Mali, so nice. they're, um, the amount that they pay for the fabric is really fair, and that's really important to me. Um, yeah, so, and you. they have a wide variety of choices. So that's a great place to start. Otherwise, I mean, going on Etsy and just looking for mud cloth, there's lots of different options. So if people are totally new to, to that, it's a fun database to explore and you'll see older version, you know, some like really vintage pieces and then some newer pieces too. So. Mm hmm oh it's got got my mind worrying it's just all of this great tactility out there <laughs> i know i, I feel like i'm going through the world just like this i'm like what can i oh, do yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it pretty much is like that isn't it and what i love about it because um i was saying to my partner growing up um with my uh, family who taught me a whole lot of textiles like I'd create something and I'd like go and show my mom or go and show my aunt and the first thing they would do they wouldn't look at the front of the text textiles they always look at the reverse to see how neat it was or what it looked like on the back and at first I'm like that's not what you're supposed to look at you're supposed to look at the front um, but it textiles is so tactile like that so you can't help but touch it and want to engage with it and see how it's made and and i think that's where looking at the reverse is really fun and going back to the workshop that you teach i really like how you embrace both sides of the work mm. um rather than kind of seeing one side as shouldn't be seen kind of thing but saying no actually this has got just as much history and is beautiful for its um the knots and and maybe the bits that you might not see from the front yeah exactly yeah and i just find that that really has been healing for me it, again mirroring myself like as i continue to um heal different like come into touch with different parts of myself that maybe I would hide away or feel ashamed mm. of and mm. have noticed with the cloth, like the back, like that's the back of this one, that one, it doesn't need to be perfect and that there's a beauty there and that it's part of the story of what was made. And mm. if I just showed this, for me, it's like it's lacking a piece of the story. And, and it feels, there's just been this question like, what if I show both? What if I don't hide these parts of me? What if they are beautiful? What if they are part of my story and all of our stories? And what happens when we can gently reveal those, all those parts and embrace them? Um, yeah. And that's been a really beautiful practice. Not to mention, um, and it's because I know we all work through sharing and what we think is beautiful and what we don't want to share because we don't think is beautiful in kind of like all layers of that but i always think that the back is more interesting than the front hmm. and so if 
we can apply that analogy so that when I say that I mean in a textiles term like it's fascinating I love seeing the reverse side of the fabric so if we can and I'm think I guess I'm applying this to myself if I can remember to think about that about the things that I don't want to share because I think that they're not beautiful then actually they are and, and people respond to them maybe more so than this than the, the front side of the fabric or the front side of what you choose to present Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's a practice, isn't it? It's not, in my experience, it's not easy mm. to mm. do that, to be, to show the raw and the vulnerable mm. and whatever mm. it is. But every time I do it, every time, and it doesn't matter, like if I'm terrified, if I'm, which often I am, whatever it is, I find when I am, when I do share those parts of me, the connections that happen are so deep mm. and unlike anything else I've ever experienced. So it's like if when I open my heart in that way without knowing what's going to happen and being so scared of rejection and all the things yeah. that these incredible, meaningful things actually happen. And then that enriches my life and, um, and also creates courage and creates that that strength to continue to do that and mm -hmm. to find those spaces where I can be open in that way. So I find, you know, the making these cloths for me has so many ripple effects yeah. in my life. And yeah, 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 exactly. In your life. And then because your ripple effect and through your generosity and your sharing, other people also then feel that ripple effect when they create the cloths mm -hmm. and from what you've shared, your courage, your opening of the heart opens their courage and their hearts as well. So it, it really does have a rippling effect in um, more ways than we possibly even realise, I mm. think. I hope so. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, Emma, I would love to chat with you all day, but I am very mindful of your time. Thank you so much for being present and being part of the Making Zen Retreat. I know so many people are going to have an absolute ball with um, the workshop that you're sharing with us. If people haven't signed up already for the free ticket, pop over to Emma's Instagram. She's got a link there where you can sign up for the free ticket or you can purchase the, the VIP pass, which means you get all of the amazing things that Emma has to offer and everybody else in the retreat as well. Before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to, any final comments or thoughts you'd like to share, Emma? Um, I just want to thank you for, for putting this together and for being just such a generous, lovely, warm-hearted person. It really, you are just so amazing and inspiring and mm -hmm. I appreciate all that you do and all that you offer the world. It's really beautiful. Thank you very much. Well, like what we're talking about, ripples and kindness going out into the world, that's what I hope to do. So I'm so pleased that you're part of that and um, touching the hearts of many because it's it's amazing how healing and soothing fingers and stitching um, can bring into our lives. Oh, you've just made my heart oh, swell. Good. Thank you, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Much love to you. You and, too. Um, I, I'd love to chat with you all day, so we'll have to continue this conversation another time. <laughs>
thank you everybody for joining us today um come along next week and follow emma and her beautiful um workshop and then join us in the facebook group and, sh and show us all the beautiful things that you've created inspired by emma thank you Thanks, so much everyone bye-bye